Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'm thrilled to be welcoming you back to another on-the-go edition of the Start Vegas Report. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And uh, like I said, it is the on-the-go edition. I am, so apologies for sound quality. Like I said, we're busy. I've told you this before. I'm on my way back home from the bowl game. So you'll get all the first-hand accounts of uh, what happened both during the game and after. But we are definitely going to focus more on the football game. Uh, You've heard everything you wanted and didn't want to hear about the fight. I'm sure everybody's tired of it. It's out of the news cycle by now with the way the playoff games went last night. Everybody's talking, you know. And the next fight that they have will hopefully be taken the exact handled the exact same way by the media. But we're not going to make you relive every instant of that. We'll talk about it, but we're not going to make you relive every second of that fight because we know how overplayed it became. Uh, and yep. we're not saying that it wasn't a big deal. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that it's been talked about an awful lot. Yeah, uh, and I think the last thing you'll want to hear from us is more fight breakdown because there's been plenty of that in the last few days. Yeah, we're not going to break down who get into whose fault it was. As far as the teams go, you'll probably hear a little bit from me about the officials, but that's that's more to come about that. Uh, we are glad to be back with you, of course. Uh, men's basketball taking on at a very weird start time, I believe, for an evening game. 5 p.m. at the hump. If you're one of the lucky few to have tickets and access to that game, you should totally attend. We will take on Kentucky, and this is not your dad's or your granddad's Kentucky. This is not your great-granddad's Kentucky. Kentucky off to the worst start since, I believe, 1926. This is probably your great-great-granddad's Kentucky, okay? Yeah. Uh, This is, uh, or maybe even before, depending on how old you guys are. Uh, This is is one of the worst Kentucky teams in history, and I knew, and I I don't think we get them twice this year, thank goodness, because I know that by come late January or February – that they'll have it figured out. And Vic State could very well lose tonight at home, which would be tragic. But getting them early is a is a Christmas gift. It is a late Christmas gift from the SEC because if there's ever a time you wanted to play the Kentucky Wildcats, it's tonight. State, of course, yeah. had a huge win against un- previously undefeated Georgia. Mississippi State's women's team, also in Athens, uh, the same day as our bowl game, 31st, got a win against an undefeated Georgia team. Two, uh, what it turned out to be close wins. I think both teams had pretty substantial leads uh, during the game, and the, and the Georgia Bulldogs narr- on both sides narrowed that gap a little bit at the end. But two great, great starts for SEC play. Coach Nikki McCray getting her first SEC win, and Coach Hallen uh, demonstrating that you know if he had gotten his team ready for to to compete at the free throw line. We'd probably be talking about a one-loss or undefeated Bulldog team, and I didn't think anybody would have predicted that. And, of course, free throws, they count just as much as any other type of point, and we can't neglect that part of our game. But it's something that's correctable, and it's something that was better last week uh, on our last game, and hopefully they'll be better tonight. But you just would love to have that game against Dayton and that game against Clemson back, you know, uh, at at least from a free throw standpoint. Yeah, tonight's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Tune in tonight, and uh, if you think that that, uh, Vegas cares about the name of the team on the front of the jersey – 
Uh, it was even last night, but Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite over a, a, a six and three team. Is a one and a half point favorite over a one and six team with losses to multiple. I guess in football you'd call them FCS schools. You know, they're they're all division. Most everybody you play in basketball is division one, usually, but uh, it's a different it's a different animal there. But lost to Richmond and some other tough losses for Kentucky Wildcats. It'll be their first SEC game as well. So, talking about the bowl game, uh, I was very, very impressed with how State uh, managed to just do just – I would call this one of those games where you did just enough and found a way to win. Would you call that – would you agree there, Gary? Yeah, I think, I think that – they, like you said, they found a way to win. It wasn't a pretty game by any means. We started fast and then didn't really get anything until the second half. But I was impressed with, like you said, the way that they that they just navigated the game. Uh, and it was one of those games where you you really never felt like you lost control because every time that we did lose momentum, uh, special teams was really working for us. And Tulu did a great job of getting the momentum back. Exactly like right. Really they, Tulsa really could never put multiple drives together in a row because other than, I guess they had one kick out of bounds and one uh, penalty, bogus penalty, on a kickoff. Every single kickoff resulted in great field position for Mississippi State. We'll get into more of that. I thought that uh, it was especially impressive to win a close game against a team that knows how to win close games. We talked about that in our pregame show. Tulsa has been in every game they've played. The two losses were, were very close. The first and last game of the year uh, against pretty good teams. And even with the uh, wins that they had that were close, they still found ways to win. Found a way to beat Tulane in double overtime. Found a way to, uh, to uh, I guess, for, to beat, win some close games against every team, I guess, against South, except for South Florida. You know, a really close game against East Carolina, a pretty close game against Navy. All those teams, so very, very impressive for State to uh, put them on the on the opposite, on the losing end of a close game yet again. Again, something yeah, that. I, uh, say what? I was I was gonna say I think our our score predictions were the best they've been all season. Oh, mine was two points off. Now we yeah. don't have to talk about our game predictions at all. No, we can. We can. Okay, for those keeping score at home, Gavin has called every bowl game that we picked correctly, except for Ball State, San Jose State. Yeah. I picked, but, let's see, I picked, I missed on, we're, we're, we disagree on NC State, Kentucky, and I hope Kentucky wins. I yeah, picked Army. I, you hope Kentucky wins? Yeah, I picked them. I picked NC State, but I hope Kentucky wins. Okay. I picked Army. Um, I picked... Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Definitely did not pick Ball State. I did pick Georgia. I did not pick Ohio State. I think that's it. I missed some. That's that's a pretty much a hail mary for me. I don't know how I got that one right. Or Ohio State. I just, I, I'll tell you what. Ohio State looked fresher. I watched the whole game. They looked like they'd only played six games. They ran faster. They yeah. played harder. That's what it looked like. Yeah. I'm not using that. I think Ohio State could have won anyway. But but they definitely looked more rested. And hey, if if you were to buy stock in a football player, buy stock in Justin Fields. I can That's buy, a monster. I can, I can get with that. I don't. I'm not the highest on Justin Fields. I think that's the first. That's the first great game he's had against a great team. 
or even a good team that I remember. I don't remember last year regular season very much, but he's very accurate and can, has a big arm and knows and is getting better at knowing when to just dump the ball off instead of always taking off and scrambling. He did he, he did that to complete some good took uh, have some big third down uh, conversions yesterday. Would dump the ball off to the check down instead of just taking off for his running for his life. He's getting better at that. Yeah. But anyway, on we've the, got. Uh, Let's see, today's game, so just real quick, we've got NC State, Kentucky, uh, Ole Miss and Indiana. We both took Indiana in that. Oregon and Iowa State. I'm pretty sure we both took Iowa State. I took the Cyclones. Yeah. Um, And then tonight at 7 o'clock, we've got A&M versus North Carolina, and we both took A&M in that. Okay, I thought you took UNC. UNC. So we agree on everything except the, the early game today. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, back to what we're at the topic at hand. Thought State did a good job of competing. And I want to talk about defense first. Defense, then offense, then special teams. Uh, The defense had a – I think there was very few okay plays with the defense. You notice that every single play is either a big play for us or a big play for them. Uh, they were they were either converting long third downs or t- having chunk plays or we're getting a tackle for loss. Nine tackles for loss and five sacks yesterday. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. Several broken up. I mean, I, I, broken up passes. I would, if, if you get an actual deflection, I, I'd call that a big play for the defense rather than just a bad throw. Guy was accurate. I know he's completing 55% of his passes coming in, but he threw the ball on the right to where he was supposed to throw it. In the rain, no less. Give Zach Smith. Of the Tulsa quarterback, a lot of credit. Um, yeah, and he was more mobile than we were expecting. I, I think every quarterback in college these days can can scramble. Some you're not gonna have you're not gonna have a Tom Brady in college football. They're just they're just too young and people work out too much and and do too much lifting and, and conditioning. But I don't think he was. I still would. He's still a pocket passer. I mean, he's right. he was. His, he I mean, was, Will Rogers. Will, Will Rogers isn't mobile. Time. Will Rogers right. is mobile. I don't think he only scrambled, I think, for one long first down, didn't he? He scrambled for a couple but uh, came up short and made it fourth and short. His, his rushing yards are really tarnished by the sacks that he took. How many so. did he have? On five, I mean, we'll take five sacks. He averaged about six yards per sack. How many rushing yards did he have? He had one rushing yard. Okay, on so he had, about, he had about 35 rushing rushes. So that on five on five carries for by a quarterback, because five of those are sacks. He had about 35 yards. Yeah, I mean that's decent. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't still wouldn't call him dual threat. No, but he but he was he was serviceable with his legs. Right. I mean, Will Rogers had an 11 yard scramble for a touchdown too. To, I mean, I'm sure they weren't yeah. expecting that. Yeah, that was very nice. It was nice, very nice. But speaking about the defense, just Errol Thompson, I think played a heck of a game. Was a few solo tackles off of being your leading tackler. Gavin, I'm sure, already knows, but uh, I, w- I was going to have him guess. Leading tackler is London Kraft. London Kraft played a good game. Huh? He was tied with Errol. Tied with Errol, but he, he had more, he had more solos. They had nine total, yeah. but, but London had more solo tackles. Um, you had uh, another walk-on. So there's a walk-on. Another walk-on. Jay Jemison had some huge plays, some huge plays. Yes. And I'm sure he took his licks, but I don't remember any time when I was like, oh, dang it, Jay Jimison messed up right there. I, mean, do you... uh, I think they called a garbage pass interference on him once. 
that's there you go. I mean, I'll take I'll take that. That's a walk on. Yeah. Uh, another guy that really another walk on that really showed out. Sherman Timms got his first sack of his career last year or the, uh, the other day. That's a senior walk on and linebacker pressed into service because of some of the thinness we've got uh, all across the defense. He came up with a sack on third and goal, no less, forced him into a field goal. Yeah. That was that was really really impressive. You got all the big plays. Errol Thompson, of course, was a monster. Aaron Odom, a guy that has not really been what we thought it was going to be, who can play here next year with two sacks. Defend, the, I think your biggest question mark next year is at defensive end. If Aaron Odom can hold that down and be serviceable next year, that's huge. That's massive. I mean, we're looking at we're looking at Jordan Davis and Randy Charlton too. Oh well, Jordan Davis, if he plays up front, that's that's that's. Uh, uh, amazing, but imagine if, if Aaron Odom, if Aaron Odom is good enough to be a very very serviceable two serviceable two deep guy, because right now he's kind of forced to be the starter or the two deep guy with Marquis Spencer being out. But when how many times have we called his name this year? And I know we don't play as many defensive linemen, but yeah, it feels like a lot when you consider the snaps that he's been given. Though, right? He's he's out there. I just I, I know that when he came in, we thought well, he came in the same time as Chauncey Rivers, and we thought yeah. that he would be like he was. We thought it was just they were neck and neck and kind of the really really similar players. And I think Chauncey Rivers did a lot better for himself. Aaron Odom ended up redshirting, and Chauncey did it, and that was that was like a, I remember that being like a coin flip. We're gonna redshirt one, we're gonna play one. Aaron Odom redshirts, and then we also uh, have the extra year this year, so he's gonna be here a lot longer than Chauncey was. Ended up being, he'll end up being here a total of four years. But I expect him back, and he might opt to graduate and move on, but I expect him back. I think he wants to play his way into some bigger, better things. We'll see. Uh, and, again, we've got Randy Charlton. I think that's going to be your, your premier defensive end next year. But uh, very, very impressed by that and some of these other young guys, lots of young guys, and, and guys you don't expect making plays. Uh, and I and again I expected Aaron Brulee to be one of their biggest player playmakers in that game, and he has been all year. But uh, I guess he had half a sack, but didn't do. Uh, How many tackles did Aaron Brulee have? Yes, had eight tackles, four solos, um, half a sack. I, I, I'm, I feel stupid. I didn't think realize he had eight tackles. I would have said he had four. I guess and, he was and he had one, one hurry. Hey, uh, Tyrus Wheat, another guy, Aaron Malay, a guy who'll be next, here next year. Tyrus Wheat played a heck of a game. He had half a sack, yeah. had some huge solo tackles uh, for loss in the run game. I told, I texted Gavin and our friend Skip, if we had 22 Tyrus Wheats and a quarterback, we'd probably win eight games, I feel like. <laughs> uh, he I, plays with his hair on fire. He I sure does. Him. I love watching him play. And he doesn't, and I don't, and I haven't seen many times where he overplays and gets beat because of it. Yeah. I think. Uh, a guy like him is at risk of that, especially at the next level. But even when he overplays and, and or, or seems like he's going to overplay, he always is able to make that last minute adjustment to correct it. You know, he did that a lot against uh, Missouri. You, for those of y'all who are interested in the Kurt and the Texas coaching search, Sarkeesian just turned the job down. No, he did not. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my and gosh! Indiana, Indiana just tied. Is that, the, is that the only drive they've had? Uh, no, this is like their third drive. They've been talking longer than I thought. Yeah. I they, cannot believe that about Sarkis. John Rice Plumley got killed in that game. Oh, do they, they've got him back out there? 
and they put in a wide receiver. They put him at uh, X, and he ran a go route, and the DB took his head off and dropped a catch. Was it a penalty or a clean hit? It was a clean hit. Oh, I got you. Anyway, that's insane. Yeah. Continuing on. Yeah, Sarkeesian might be waiting until the, after the Maddie, but. Maybe. There's a lot of. That's crazy. There's a lot of. Uh, I guess we'll call it knocks on the defense. And yes, there's some poor tackling. I thought Sean Preston played a heck of a first quarter and then really took his licks later on. And all of y'all saw it. I mean, that that running back is going to have a framed picture of, of one of those plays. I mean, probably. If it depends on how, how good the photographers got, got a shot of it. But, <laughs> but I think that him in the box, if he will wrap up and tackle, Somebody just needs, he just needs a little bit of coaching. He's trying to lay that thump and knock people back, and he's just not yeah, quite. Which he was doing earlier in the year. He, he was, and and and, but that's not going to work every time. That's a physical football team. I know we played in the SEC. That was as physical as a football game as we've played all year, on both sides. Yeah. That's as physical as an opponent, and as physical as we've played all year. And I was impressed by that too. But I want to talk about these safeties a little bit. So, right now we're mixing in Sean Preston. Colin Duncan, right? London yep. Craft, Jay Jimison. And I guess that's that's really all we really haven't put a name to. That's moving in uh, safety. Yeah, that's all the safeties that we put. So here's here's what I'm thinking, guys. We first of all, you gotta go get somebody in the portal. We're on several transfers, and the transfer portals portals deep this year, and I'm sure we'll get somebody. Gotta go get somebody in the portal. Uh, due to circumstances outside of our control. And uh, that really, really, I think it's a guy getting either a lot of bad advice or just overvaluing himself. We're not signing Jadarius Perkins to come in and be a defensive back. And I guess he wanted to play corners anyway. Uh, but we're not going to – we're back on Jonathan Alexander, the Kansas State guy. But my, my thoughts for next year is you've got London Craft and Jay Jemison out there. Find a way to make them backups again. Find a way, and that's not a knock on them because they, I think they did. Jay Jimison did had a heck of a game yesterday in London Craft. I think at the beginning of the year and the last two games of the year played great. Some of these middle games, he was a little bit suspect. But what do you expect from a walk on? Make them I, backups I again. What's that? CJ Morgan and Fred Peters. I was getting back at. I was about to say. I was getting back to that. What are your options next year? CJ Morgan will be back. I don't know if uh, he's as good going to – I don't know what he's going to be like in coverage. We'll have to see. I think he's a huge leader, uh, and I think he's a great run-stopping safety. I would love to see him uh, run with some guys and make some plays in the passing game. He, I kind of see him similar to Sean Preston. As I like them more in the box. Fred Peters is out there. I expect that to be probably your best safety. Colin Duncan, I think, has done really well this year. He's had his, his licks uh, trying to in coverage. You got uh, Jaquarius Landry's, I guess, could come back. I don't think that's a guy that you want. Uh, or, uh, no, that's, I'm, I'm, I've done messed that up. Uh, Landon Gidry. Janari Dean, maybe? I'm thinking of Landon Gidry. Landon Gidry uh, is not a guy I expect to challenge um, for either of those starting roles. But between, let's think, guys, we play three, three safeties at a time at any given point. You've got C.J. Morgan, Fred Peters, if you can find a way to make Colin Duncan a backup, which again, not that Colin Duncan hasn't done great, you you've made an improvement. And I and I, and I yeah. keep saying make these guys backups as if they're not doing well. That just means you got that much better as a room. 
and, and, and again, Colin Duncan can play next year and be even better, and I think he will. But if we can find a way to get London Crouch and Jay Jemison back on the 3D, then we've done well for ourselves. And that involves getting, I think, one or two more guys back there. You got Janari Dean, of course. Uh, maybe some of these cornerback signees can slide back there. Uh, think of, thinking of DeCameron Richardson with that length. Um, he could play back there. But uh, like, would like to see Janari Dean. Didn't see him hardly at all this year. Uh, make some plays yeah, this year. He tore his labrum. He didn't play at all this year. I thought he was just redshirting. But anyway, uh, we'll get to that. We're going to have an episode in a week or two with, or I guess it'll be our next episode. It probably wouldn't be two weeks away, where we will close the book on the season. We'll give out our preseason, our season awards. And then after February signing day, we will have an episode wrapping up all of our signees, including the, the December ones, even though we had an episode about that already. And we will probably spend a, probably a whole episode prognosticating for the future of the program uh, just in the 2021 season. Okay, We'll talk about spring ball when it comes around, but I just want to talk about the safeties a little bit because that's probably the, that, the that's there's your question mark on the defense next year. A little bit up front on defensive end. I really like what we have at corner and linebacker though. I think we'll be alright yeah. there. I'd like to add a little bit of depth at corner, yeah. but if guys like the Cameron Richardson grow up over this offseason, I think we're in a very good spot. I would agree there. And maybe Tyler Williams comes back. I doubt it. I really have no, no idea that's, what he's that's doing. That's off the table now. Is it? Yeah. Is, is that something new that's come up? No, that's been that's been a thing for weeks. Well, he's not I, coming back. Well, I figured he wouldn't, but hey. He wanted to play wide receiver. Oh. Not this offense with how many receivers we have. Hey, Utah, but look, not that this is not going to happen, but you want to be really good defense next year? You talk him to be – he'd be a backup. You talk him and uh, Marcus Murphy into coming back somehow. Marcus Murphy hasn't hired an agent yet. He can t- come back just like Kyle Hill did. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But I, no. do, I did see from his tweets that Marcus Murphy doesn't seem to be fed up with uh, Mississippi State like we probably thought he was. I think he just had some – we know his life, his life plans and his uh, – Situation with his son and his and losing his mother and stuff makes things really hard on him. I think he's he needs to go earn a check somehow. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like Josh Robinson. We've got uh, talking about offense and again defense made some really really big plays. Uh, gave up some really really big plays. Missed some tackles. I think the wet weather accounts for some of that, but. If you get a fully a fully stocked defense, that's a young defense with only two or three seniors. Actually, three seniors, and Marquis Spencer was gone for the last for the last two games. Three seniors starting. I just want you to think what Zach Arnett can do with that defense next year. Just just think about it. You've got a plethora of injuries and, and opt outs at safety and on the defensive line. You've got only three seniors graduating, plus the the guys we've got coming in. I'm excited for the defense next year. Yeah. Moving on to offense, say what? Just with the youth of that defense, I think it's really exciting if you start thinking about 2022. When we've had, not only are these guys growing up at that point, but we're also bringing in some talented freshmen by that point, I would expect. I would Just with some of the guys that were already on for the 2022 class. Forbes will be here. I doubt Martin Emerson's here. Uh, Forbes will be, though. Let's see. Aaron Brulee won't be here in 22, but... Maybe it could be. Brulee, DeWeet, and Davis are all options for 22. They could could all be back. Uh, you'd have 
Of course, we signed linebackers. That'll be John Lewis's coming out party, I think, in 2022. Um, you'll still have uh, not Devonta Q. Strong, the other guy, Deshaun, uh, Page. Deshaun Page. Deshaun Page. We'll see. Uh, Deontay Anderson is looking like. We'll, we'll find see. out is more he, about I thought that. He was more of a, I thought he was more of a three-technique guy. Uh, he's, he could probably play Sam or DN. I got you. In any case, we'll talk about Deontay Anderson here in a minute, too. Offense. Offense, I didn't even realize how bad they were statistically from a yardage standpoint. And I uh, had some knocks. I had some knocks, and that's because a lot of weeks gave up a lot of sacks. Uh, there were some knocks about the uh, being one of the, statist- the statistically worst offensive uh, teams to win a bowl game. But I'll tell you why. It's because we ran the kickoff to, to the 40 every time. I mean – all of our touchdown drives were 40 yards. I mean, yeah, you can't. But do we score? Do we even score touchdowns if we don't run it back to the 40? I mean, look at that first drive. Probably. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's. I think. I tell you what. If we last week or last game, if we ever got off schedule, I don't think there was but one pre-snap penalty that didn't cost us a, or didn't completely blow our chances at a first down. Off schedule did not help us at all. It allowed them to kind of pin their ears back. I think the run, we did a good job using the run to keep them off balance. I thought uh, Jaquavius Marks ran as hard as he's ever run. Dylan Johnson uh, ran really hard, and he always does. I thought, uh, really thought Marks played a good game running, getting north-south and putting the thump on somebody, breaking tackles. Marks had a nasty cutback. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did. And that's his skill that Johnson doesn't have, and Johnson's more of of your load. But, yeah. but if John Marks – I keep saying John Marks. I know somebody named John Marks, okay, that's a friend of mine, and I keep saying that instead of Jaquavius Marks. If Marks – call him Woody. I need to, yeah. If Marks will continue to break tackles like he did yesterday, that's a monster. But with the offense run, uh, going the way they were, when they got off schedule a little bit, I think Tulsa got to really pin their ears back. And that's when you – of course, we had the two sacks in a row after the, the – false start and then a delay of game. The delay of games can't happen. That's terrible. I don't know what's going on there. Will needs to locate the clocks better in pregame. Maybe that's a freshman mistake, And but I don't know if you can't – coach can't call a timeout there either. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, but all the pre-snap penalties hurt us. I think every drive except one, if we got a pre-snap penalty, we would we never made the first down. Yeah. Got to clean that up. And the sacks, of course, take yardage out of it. I thought the offensive line got good push on most of the running plays. Which is what they were recruited to do, and that's why, probably why, I think we blocked well yeah. for the runners. I saw some running plays where I thought, just in, in the live in the stadium, I don't have the benefit of this line of scrimmage uh, icon on there. I'm like, oh, he gained four yards on that play. He got four yards past the front of the of the line. No, he got seven yards on that play. They pushed the defensive lineman three yards back, and I didn't yeah. even realize it because uh, they, it was such a great push. I just thought he just got four yards beyond where they where they where those bodies were at. I was, that was our best. That was our best run blocking that we've had all year. Probably pass protection pass got suspect. It got very suspect, yeah. and and of course we can talk about. Uh, I thought they had highs and lows. I thought Will did hold on the ball a little bit long, so it's not all the lungs' fault. But we're talking about safety. I'm talking about offensive line. We've offered a new guy. What what was his name? I can't remember. We've offered uh, another JUCO guy. He's going to have to pick soon. I don't think if, – if he doesn't commit, I think, by tomorrow and sign, then we're not going to be able to have that scholarship available. I doubt it. 
Uh, but we have signed five offensive linemen that are all signing uh, going to be early enrollees. We've got to get some guys in here, and another year under their belts was going to be good for them. But this is a young offensive line, too. You've got Greg Allen's old. Catravius uh, Johnson, I believe, is, is and Darian Parker are kind of your, your other veterans on the team. Um, Dollar Bills. Dollar Bills young, though, right? Now, he's just a sophomore. Yeah, Dollar Bills uh, Right. So it's just Darian. Maybe redshirt freshman. It's Darian Parker, LaQuinston Sharp, and Greg Island. Those are your old guys, which we expect to keep at least one of those guys, maybe two. I bet we lose Greg Island, but maybe we keep Darian Parker and, and probably LaQuinston Darian Sharp. Parker, Darian Parker has already hired a trainer for the offseason. So. Wow, that's fast. Where did you hear that? Uh, he's had a guy picked out since probably halfway through the season. Is that on the message boards or something? Yeah, Paul Jones talking about that. Okay, so he's probably out. So maybe we'll be yeah. sharp. But uh, you still got two centers. You got Cole Smith. You got Cameron Jordan, who's playing, who's played, had to be pushed into pressing the service. Uh, your five-star Charles Cross, who a lot of fans have gotten him some flack. A guy's a, a freshman playing as many downs as he's played is impressive. Whether or not he, if he's, if he's given up a sack on, on a quarter of his, of his protections, that's pretty bad, and he hasn't. That's I'm exaggerating. He hasn't, but that steal and just just being out there as young as he is and playing as many downs is impressive. I don't. I rarely see him leave the game, uh, except yeah. when he had COVID and he didn't play against Vanderbilt. But I'm, Charles' I'm, biggest problem is he'll either kill you or whiff. he'll just get straight up beat. Yeah, he'll either kill you or whip. He doesn't ever just just do just enough. Kind of like the defense yeah. yesterday. Yeah. But exactly. talk about this offensive line. You 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 address talk about the guys coming in. You address some things there, and think about what this team can do. So you give Tula Griffin and Jaden Wally and Austin Williams will be back. Brad Cummins and Spivey. Not to mention who we've got coming in. I don't even have to mention those guys. I feel like. We haven't even seen yeah. Ruben Jackpot Jackson. Okay, we uh, you still maybe you hold on to Javante Payton. I don't know what's going on about him. I want to talk about him in our, one of our later episodes, uh, and I'll talk about him on special teams soon. Malik Heath, who's going to have to have a suspension, but he'll Rufus be back. Harvey. And Rufus, guys. So not to mention the guys coming in. There's your receivers. What would you got at running back? Our ba- I love our third running back, Lee Witherspoon. Yeah, I love and him. our third running back might be Simeon Price. I think he's serviceable. You bring in another one who who is the perfect air raid body and, and skill set, Simeon Price. But you've got two freshman running backs, and then we know what we've got at quarterback. It's either going to be the the second highest, the, the person with the second highest completion percentage for a freshman in FBS history, Will Rogers. Or it's going to be somebody better than that. <laughs> he's either he's either yeah. going to get beat for the job, or or we're going to have the guy who, as a freshman, completed more passes than any other freshman in history, except for one person. And I don't know who the first place guy is. I do not know. Uh, don't ask me. That'd be a good trivia question. That would be a great trivia question. I would. I, I'm actually probably going to find out after this if I can. Because Leach has never started a freshman before. Um, think about that, guys, for a second. Never started a freshman before, and here we are. You know, and he might start a freshman next year. If Will Rogers doesn't doesn't add some arm strength, I mean, I think I think he's in trouble. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, but I could see him adding some arm strength in a spring in a summer. I, hopefully, he'll get with somebody in the spring that's like, all right, we're going to work out a lot because they do strength and conditioning a little bit in the spring, but it's mostly a summer thing. Yeah, I think I think if we had a list of guys that could really benefit and blow up next year after some weight room time, you got to talk about Will Rogers, obviously. Yep. Sean Preston, Jaquavius Marks. Yep. Yep. Uh, Manuel Forbes. Yep. And I don't want him to put on too much weight. No. But a little. But if he, he needs a little. 10 or 15 pounds, that's, he's going to be a freak. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Mark and Emerson. I guess you could, you could say Tulu. He's a little slim. I don't. I, Tulu, you is, don't want to who hasn't ever ran speed. full speed, by the way, apparently, has yet to run full yeah. speed. He claims. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> I will tell you what, though. He's not. On those kickoffs, he's not running full speed. No. Not until he I breaks think past the, one that the 50. He brought all the way back. After he stepped out of bounds, you can kind of see him hit another gear. And I think he was probably one as fast as he could at that point. He's. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But with your offense, not a ton of chunk plays, but that's not what the offense does. You're not. I would. Uh, what's Will's completion percentage, uh, Gavin? Uh, he was 19 for 30, so roughly 65%. Let's see, yeah, that's right at 65%. So 65% in the rain and in the pouring, in the pouring rain, I mean, that's pretty good. You've got uh, – you're only throwing 30 passes, so that's, that's probably a season low. Got to be. Let's not check yeah, that. That takes too long to check. But that tells me you're running the ball more and that you're having short drives. You're having a lot of short drives. You Of course, you got – how many times do we get sacks? Four? Uh, Two of them on back-to-back plays. Yeah, four, four sacks, five TFLs. So you're so there's 34 passing attempts, or should be, but that's still probably pretty low. It means you're running the ball yeah, more I mean, in these short drives. So I'm not worried about the lack of quote-unquote production from that game yesterday. Uh, I we think, were literally 50-50. We ran it. We ran the ball 30 times in the past. That's great. Of course, well, not quite because those you got four runs, so 26 on purpose rushing attempts to 34 passing attempts. But that is, I will tell you what, 24 to, to, I said 36, 24 to 34, I should say, is closer to what Mike Leach did at Washington State the last couple years than passing it 50 times and running it eight times. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's not, that's that's still running it more than he's used to, but 20, it's like more, 20, 40 is about his sweet spot. It's not this, we're going to pass all the time and we're only going to run like twice a game because why not? That's not how he, that's not how this offense works. This offense works on attacking space and you don't worry about balance from the standpoint of, of how the yards come. You worry about balance as who the yards come for. As you're not throwing to the same guy every single time. You're attacking space no matter where it's at. Not necessarily if it's in the run game or in the passing game. But if you see like we had against Missouri and Tulsa, we ran the ball successfully. If you see something's going to work, you're going to run the ball. I thought we did a totally okay job running the ball. Uh, that big explosive hole uh, that Marks uh, shot out of in the, on the third play of the game uh, was the best running play we've had all year. But there was, I mean, there was yards to be found in between and outside the tackles for four, for for two to, to eight yards on a lot, most of our running plays. Yep. So. I guess what, we had five tackles, four sacks, and five tackles for loss. 
yeah. So, so one running play went for a loss. One running play. Yeah, one running play. I, I like that. I like the, the run push that you get for the offensive line. I like uh, they need to work in pass protection. But, again, get these guys in here in the spring and shore that up a little bit. And I like what we see next year. I, I don't think any I don't think any position group is taking a step back. That's what I'm trying to say. Who's who's taking a step back in this offense in this offense or this defense next year? Uh, I think the only position that you could really say is probably. I mean, you take a step back at linebacker just from losing Errol. A small step back, but yes, Errol's an all-time player, and you probably take a bigger step back than. I'm saying, but I'm also thinking you run that, you replace him by committee. You replace him with Bookie Watson, with Davis, Wheat, Relay, oh, and the guys coming I in. I still love our linebacker. Jet Johnson, and you kind of mitigate that a little bit because you're not. we're not going to ask one guy to be Errol next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then you lose. You take a step back at offensive guard, for sure. At guard. Yeah. yeah. Depend, well, Losing. You lose both of your guards. Lose both of your guards. So there you go. And you got to try to replace them with guys that are either JUCO products or true freshmen. I think what you'll – well, we've got some freshmen that played. You've got Brandon Cunningham. You've got uh, – Cunningham could, yeah. You've got uh, – you've had multiple centers. You had James Jackson playing center with Cole Smith. You can slide him up there. Look, Winston Sharp, if he's still here, he's a senior. He can definitely play. He's a little bit undersized for this offense, but he's a guard through and through. You never ask him to play tackle. You've got no. options up there. With as many guys as we've signed, it at least allows you to mix and match and figure out what works best. Yeah. And I trust our staff. I do. I think. This, and this offense, with the way some of the schemes that you see, the offensive line is really based on their chemistry with one another, and they didn't get that. So I, I agree. I that's think, exactly, that's I a think very spring big ball point. will be really good for them. The, and having ball. Albert Reese a part of spring ball, with Albert Reese, I think that's that's really big for We haven't even talked about Grant Jackson. Grant Jackson out of Lincoln County, Mississippi. Uh, yep. Didn't play at all this year. Took a, a big a fat red shirt, which everybody did this year. But 6'7". Uh, it's going to have two years. Yep. and It will have two summers and a spring. And, and I think he, had a, he was here last spring, too. He'll have two summers in a SEC weight room, and then he'll be back. He'll be here next year at 6'7". As a sophomore, a true a redshirt freshman, but a but a sophomore by hours. I mean, there's there's a two deep guy off the bat, and you hate to lose Nick Penley the way we did. But yeah. I really really like what we what we've got out of. Uh, I don't think we take a step back. Uh, if, I don't think we take a step back as a whole offensive line. That's what I'm trying to say. I, yeah. I just don't see that happening. Um, I mean, I, you're you're inevitably getting better at three positions, and then probably getting worse at two but i think like you said the good outweighs the bad right and i think you're getting better at every skill position oh for sure so quarterback can only get better with will progressing and or getting beat by somebody that's better than him right um i think if will has any uh, kind of sophomore slump then his then his job's gone i don't think he can afford to regress at all and he's nah, a gamer, I man. I don't see that happening either. Just, just because of how gritty he, his these performances have been, he is calm and collected. He's cool. 
He doesn't I, – I think K.J. Costello, who had a lot more football under his belt, just got too out in front of his skis a little bit. I haven't seen that from Will Rogers. Maybe a little bit in the Auburn game, but he doesn't get he doesn't get ahead of himself. Right. And Sawyer's the same way from what I've seen. So that's going to be a very interesting battle. Sawyer's got the arm strength. He needs the arm mechanics. Will's got the mechanics. Yeah. He needs the strength. If we could just combine them. Anyway. Uh, if we combine them, that's a Heisman winning quarterback. But – uh talking about special teams I really want to talk about special teams and we can talk yeah. from a season standpoint find the special teams mistake that killed us in the game this year oh we regress at kicker we will regress at kicker I don't know what we're going to do about kicker next year Brandon Ruiz may come back but I doubt it Jason Christman uh, may he, come back but I yeah, doubt I it I think he's out Ruiz. I think your best bet is probably Nolan McCord oh my goodness here we go. I wish we had Evan McPherson. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> think about think about uh, special teams this year in that game, though, and in this season. I mean, Gavin, what's the big special teams play that killed us? Mm, Jaden Wally muffed a punt in the first home game of the year. Yeah. That's it. And that was a big play that probably could have killed us. Yeah, that's it. But last year, it was every game give up a, a return touchdown against Kansas State, that's the one that sticks out to me, but you had muffed punts. Uh, you didn't have a lot of a ton of missed kicks, but you had muffed punts. You had terrible, terrible coverage on every kick except the Egg Bowl. Every game except the Egg Bowl, you, you, were, you had terrible coverage uh, on yeah. kickoffs and punts. It has been, I think, a 180 this year. I think the assistant of yeah. the year for Mississippi State has to be special teams coordinator uh, and I guess Zach Arnett too, of course. I can't really say make that say that genuinely, but just think about yesterday. Tulsa can't kick it deep, and Tulu Griffin absolutely just breaks one off almost every single time. He I can, he's gonna kick score on the, in the on the return game in the return game next season somehow. Oh, he has to. I don't know if you put him out there on punts. Uh, I think you can. It depends on how tr- much you trust his hands. Yeah. If you – I mean, but, I've watched him warm up most, most a few punts. So, let's get better at that. I don't that. think you can risk that. We had Jaden Wally yeah. out there at first. But a lot, I saw a lot of guys on Twitter, why is also Williams returning punt? He doesn't get guards to catch. He doesn't muff them. That is why. He doesn't yeah. muff punts. And if you're a Mississippi State fan and you have been for longer than a year or two, then you know why we got Austin Williams back there. Yeah. <laughs> but – we made all of our extra points, didn't have any field goals. Uh, all of our punts were fine except for the – now here's your best special teams. We did have a big special teams mistake yesterday that we'll blame on wet ground. Uh, and I actually spoke with Tucker Day yesterday. I keep saying yesterday the game was two days ago. The game the game wasn't two days ago. Um, apologies for all that. But I spoke with Tucker Day last night, and he said that the ground was just in really bad condition and that he slipped and then drug his foot and hurt himself. And that's, that's embarrassing and it happens, but uh, – I'm not going to say oh, that's a huge mistake that we should have avoided. I mean, you had a wet ground out there. Props to the crew from keeping it from being a mud hole and being puddles everywhere. But uh, he, uh, it was slick. Uh, I don't think I didn't see a huge bunch of uh, slip downs from your ball carriers, which is good. And I would take that. But I knew it was going to get somebody at least somewhere, and I guess it got the punter. But in any case. Yeah. You've got those returns from Tula Griffin, which was amazing. Austin Williams uh, probably didn't field a punt. He should have. The first punt of the game brought us down to the two-yard line. Maybe should have fielded, fielded that one. But 
not muffing any punts. Did have did return one for a decent gain of about five yards. And you got and I want to talk about Javonta Payton here a little bit. I don't know what's up with Javonta Payton. I'm not sure anybody does. He's not hasn't played an offensive snap I can remember since Vanderbilt. Or maybe I think he had a touchdown against Vanderbilt. No, he didn't. I don't I don't know I don't, what's going on. Yeah, I don't know when the last time he played an offensive snap was. But He's it, been dressing was, out. He hasn't missed because of COVID. He's been on special teams. He's made. Uh, I mean, been, he, he cracked his ribs against Ole Miss and so, hasn't played since. So he didn't play against Missouri at all? No. Didn't play against Mizzou at all. Dressed out. He dressed out, but he didn't play. Right. He might have played special He dressed teams, out against know. Vanderbilt and didn't. And, or he dressed out against a, a home game. One home game, he dressed out and did not touch the field. I forget. Auburn. Auburn for sure. I thought there was another one too, though. In any case, he uh, well, Mizzou. He was. You said he was hurt. Had cracked ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's had cracked ribs. So he played a little bit in the Ole Miss game, but I don't know what's going on. And he thought earlier this last month, you had some weird tweets from Javanta, made you think that he was uh, dissatisfied or something. But he got out there yesterday and made not one, but two. Small, albeit, but very, very intelligent plays. One is letting that kickoff dribble out of bounds. There was nothing good that could have come from that. That was their only good kick of the game because if had he fielded it, uh, the squib kick, which got squirted through everybody, he would not have made it back to the 20-yard line. Had he picked it up late, he would have been even worse. And I thought it was going to be bad. I thought they were going to get to it. When I saw the replay, I saw that Javante, the angle that Javonta had, he definitely was going to be fine. It was going to roll out, and he was ready for it, either that or roll for a touchback. That's a big special teams play, believe whether or not. That's the difference between getting the ball on the 35 and on the 20. Another one, he's on punt coverage, and he talks a guy out of downing a punt. And all it does is when we're trying to bleed clock, it wastes five more seconds because the referee just blows the ball dead after it stops and sits there for a couple seconds. But he doesn't down the punt. And some players, they just so antsy to get their hands on the ball, they want to go down the punt. Uh, and I've seen that happen a lot. If you're, if nobody, if no offensive player or no returning player is around the ball and you're trying to waste clock, don't touch the football. Make the referees blow it dead. There's no reason for you to ever down it. Don't touch it for any reason. He didn't do that. Those are tiny things. But it shows me that he's still, whatever's going on, he's still invested in doing the best he can, no matter what his role is. I think that's really, really impressive uh, from that young man. Don't know if he'll be back next year. I uh, think he would benefit from it. He's not getting drafted. So I don't know if he transfers or if he hangs around and tries to get some passes. But we didn't even mention him talking about all his receivers. But that's a huge plus if he plays, comes back next year and is healthy. Yeah, he, he's expected back right now. With the guys we've got coming in, you've got, and I, I try not to pronosticate too much, but you've got every type of receiver. You've got Jaden Wally, who was limited by an ankle, and people were wondering what was wrong. He had a little bit of lingering injury in that game uh, this week. Jaden Wally is your every type of situation receiver. You've got the, the super fast, speedy guy in Tula Griffin and in Teddy Knox, fastest player in Texas. You've got the big jumbo receiver with Antonio Harmon and Jaquarius Spivey and Brad Cumbus. Brad Cumbus is kind of your Jason Witten type, but of course we don't have tight ends. We've got receivers. He's going to get uh, find a way to get open and make a catch, hopefully. He practices a little, uh, gets that, that uh, production up a little bit. Uh, Malik, I don't know what you call. It. I guess Malik Heath is your is your X 
slash slot kind of guy. He's an X receiver, but you can really move him around, and he's kind of versatile. I think yep. Heath, Heath, Same with Jacoby Moore. Heath, Jacoby Moore, Williams, Williams, and who's not the fastest, but the most sure-handed, different type of receiver there. And Wally are your most versatile receivers. And then you've got every type of receiver in between. I really like the weapons is what I'm trying to say for next year. Yeah. But uh, like you I said. Almost touchdown. What's the score? Uh, 13-3. So Ole Miss is winning. Yes. What's the time left? Casey Kelly caught the touchdown. Who is Casey Kelly? Is that Chad Dad, Kelly's brother? Little brother. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Kelly's brother's a receiver? He's a tight end. Okay, that's funny. The right. fullback, I think. Tight end or fullback, one of the two. They, they use fullbacks over there? Uh, Yeah, he, he was lined up like a fullback on the touchdown. I can't imagine Mike Leach ever using a fullback. He doesn't. He uses two two tailbacks a lot. People think, oh, two. I've seen people that have never seen a game by him and just heard about it. I was watching a game with somebody two running backs in the formation. He's like, what is this? And I was like, he does that a lot. That's not uncommon. Yeah. I, I don't like my this. favorite formation we have. I don't like this caricature of Mike Leach that he only runs the ball or only runs the ball like when he absolutely has to or just because randomly at like twice a game. Um, with a few minutes we have left, I think we'll address what happened after the game. And I'm mostly going to address the perception of it, I guess. I'm not here. And here's what I'll say. If you were on the side – that it's the worst thing to happen to college football and that it's absolutely terrible and we are all and we look like abominations for participating in the fight you're wrong and if you're on the side that it's not a big deal that these things happen and that there's nothing uh there's nothing to say about it you're also wrong can we agree on that gav yeah i agree uh the fight was a bad look and it is a bad thing it's not just optics it's bad okay it's not something that should happen, and it's not something that we're blameless in. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm on the record, Mississippi State is not blameless and has and holds almost as much, if not just as much, responsibility as anybody for the fight um, and, and all the antics going on. Crucifying Mike Leach because he said, don't do it again, when he had no way of knowing. I was sitting where Mike Leach was. I had no clue what was going on in the fight. I had no idea. And I had a better, slightly better view than Mike Leach. At least I was above it and could see downward. He was, on the, I was right in the top of the lower bowl uh, on my way out. He was field level. He can't see at anything. He seen through the layer of guys that he was, are fighting. He was in the stands when it happened. When most of it happened, like, like, and they're like, yeah. I can't believe you said just don't do it again and wasn't worried about it. He has no clue what happened. He has no clue about a kick, no clue about somebody getting beat or hit, hit whatever. Uh, none, none of that. So leave him alone. I think it was very, very, very crocodile tear and disingenuous for Kirk Herbstreet, who I had come to respect, and a lot of SEC fans will will lose me right there for respecting Kirk Herbstreet because they think he's biased. I think he does a great job covering and commentating on games. Uh, yesterday he looked a little bit biased, but maybe that's because I'm biased now. But to come out and say that Mike Leach is terrible, nothing about Tulsa's coach at all. And the reason why is Tulsa's coach could rob a bank and it would probably be on the, on the back page of the newspaper in Tulsa because uh, it's a big city with the smallest uh, FBS program in all of football, in all of FBS. And he's not – can you name his coach? I can now, but could you have named his coach? Did you know the name of the coach when we even started kick, when we kicked off, Gavin? 
Exactly. So you know who Mike Leach is, and that's why he gets slapped on the wrist and not uh, Philip Montgomery, by the way. Coach of Tulsa, that rank, that, that sounds like your neighbor, Philip Montgomery, if you're Mississippi. <laughs> I mean, goodness. But to sit there and crucify him for his comments that he made 30 seconds after the fight during an interview that he has to do, which he doesn't want to do anyway, he has no clue what, what has happened. He has not reviewed any film. That's absolutely ridiculous. Number one, for an Ohio State alum, after, you know, you got you got uh, Woody Page doing the stuff. I mean, I don't have to get into all that. All my, all my older fans know. And if you're, you're a younger fan and don't know what's going on, look it up. Uh, Zach Smith, same name as the quarterback, and Mississippi State player once named Zach Smith. And I, and I went to high school with a guy named Zach Smith. But Zach Smith and Urban Meyer at Ohio State. And I went in and talk about Ohio State, but he said it's as bad as it can get. LSU boosters embezzled from a children's hospital. Cancer patients. Cancer patients. Children, child cancer patients. Michigan State trainers sexually assaulted their athletes and did so in the Penn Olympics. State. Huh? Penn State was just as bad, if not Penn worse. Penn State, uh, I believe that was that was kitty stuff. I don't even want to get into that. That's just abhorrent. Ole Miss, you've got fixing the ACT and cheating to get students here, plus all the recruiting violations. We don't have to get into that. Uh, you've got coaches at, at Arkansas and Ole Miss cheating on their wives, one of which with, with paid prostitutes. You've got coaches in, at Louisville for basketball, I'll say, but buying uh, prostitutes for or sexual favors for their players. That's I'm, I don't see how that's not talked about more. That's that's beyond mind boggling. Okay, yeah. absolutely insane. Whatever SMU did to get the death penalty, I don't even know the deep. That was before I was born. But a fight on the field being as bad as it gets—that's embarrassing. It's not even, and I don't want to say one is worse than the other. But does anybody remember when Missouri and Florida got in a huge fight this year? Yeah. That was in the middle of the game. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Nobody's acting like that was the worst thing ever. And maybe I was I'm not Mullen, enough of an Mullen insider. cheering the fans on, telling them to get louder. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's, it's, we will never, and here's something I'll say, and Steve Robertson said this yesterday, and I couldn't agree more. Stop trying to, to carry favor with the media outside of Starkville because we're never going to have it. They might pat us on the back once or twice and throw us a bone. They, they love our girls' basketball program when they're good. They don't care about them right now. They do not give a rim. And they're, not, and they're still good. They're still top 15 team, and they probably should be ranked a little bit higher. I think they uh, dropped the ball a couple, uh, against South Florida. But they will, They gave us – we were the darlings when we beat UConn and Dak Prescott's uh, 2014 team. We had the benefit of the doubt from the media for a couple weeks. But we are never going to be – we're not even the media's favorite team in our home state, okay, despite – all the, the 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 literally documented and, and sealed and and stamped stamped definitely happened incidents of racism at University of Mississippi and I'm not saying that Mississippi State's blameless there either. They're the darlings in the state. Ask the Clarion Ledger. We will never, ever, ever in our lives, as long as you and I live and breathe have the benefit of the doubt of the media for longer than, than, than our 15 minutes of fame. It's not going to happen. 
So why do why should we care? Why should we care what they say? Especially with the head coach like Mike Leach. Especially with the head coach like Mike Leach. There are some people that hate Mike Leach just because he's Mike Leach. And his soundbite is worth a million percent more than anybody else's soundbite other than Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. That is a fact. Yeah. And he's not even and he's not on and I'm not saying he's on their level as a coach. Uh, he's not, I don't think he's that far removed from it, but he's not on the level as a coach. He, it's it's the character of the man and the and the, and the character of the, the the movie the movie character the TV character he is. He's he is a yeah. character. He is odd. Uh, with uh, we're never going to. Kirk Herbstreit's never going to appreciate Mississippi State. He doesn't make donations to Mississippi State. He's not somebody we have to worry about. I'm echoing something Steve Robertson said on his show. I was wish I hadn't I wish I hadn't listened to it already because I was thinking some of the same thing, but. We are, they are never going to, to appreciate us. And I'll tell you what, Mike Leach and John Cohen don't care. John Cohen might care a little bit if we look terrible in the media. But we are never going to ask Dari Noka or uh, John Levy or uh, Scott Van Pelt or any of those guys to make any decision for us whatsoever. We don't care what they think of us. That bad. I will say this. If, yeah. I mean, if we're – Allowing players to get killed during workouts uh, because of the heat, to to take shots at some other programs that have done bad things. If we're, uh, I'm sure there's a million other instances, instances I can think of. We deserve the bad re- reputation, and we will suffer from that. And I'm sure Maryland has. I don't see how Ole Miss hasn't suffered more. They hired that guy. I don't know how much good it's done. Their defense is terrible. I say that. They're beating <laughs> Indiana right now, but. I don't see why anybody would think we need to defend ourselves against the national media. The national media who uh, – same guys who thought John Rice Pullman was going to start at Ole Miss, and that's the darling school in the state. What do they know? They don't yeah. know anything. They, they don't pay attention to us. No. So only when we until, do that. Until we're relevant. They don't pay attention to us until we do something bad. So why should we care what they think? I think that's just ridiculous. And until we're the we're the we're the, the goose egg or the we're the 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 joke the butt of the joke, they don't care about us. That goes for the whole state, by the way, not just the, the universities. That goes for the entire state of Mississippi. So I don't think we should care what people around us think that aren't friends and family and people with it close to us. We're running out of time, Gavin. Uh, we're at fifty-eight minutes, so I think we're gonna uh, give our salutations and let everybody go. Is there anything else we need to discuss? Not that I can think of. Y'all cheer Thank on the Bulldogs at 5 o'clock in men's basketball against Kentucky and Starkville today. Yep. Uh, until next time, we'll probably get you a show in the later, latter half of next week uh, to close the book on football and talk about basketball. But until then, don't forget to swing your sword and always say Hail State. Hail State.